2: Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.
1: Thank you for another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is no stranger to pro wrestling. He is most remembered as a member of the Tag Team Demolition, known as Smash, and Crusher Khrushchev as a member of the Russians. His many accomplishments include winning the NWA Mid Atlantic title, NWA Six Man Tag Team title, NWA World Tag Team titles, and is a three-time former WWF World Tag Team champion. He was also awarded the Tag Team of the Year Award from the Cauliflower Alley Club in 2015 and was inducted in the New England Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Mr. Barry Darso. Barry, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. Brian, it's about time, huh? You've been trying to get me on this show
3: for a long time and finally uh-huh. I'm here. I'm glad I am.
1: Oh, I'm glad, too. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot of things going on, and I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be on here today. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, first, I'd like to talk about, if we can, uh, I know you're from Minnesota. Uh, let's talk about growing up in Minnesota, and I know you've had some uh, pretty good classmates when you are in high school. Um, yeah, let's talk about how you grew up a little bit, if we could. Um when I was a kid or when you were a kid? Well, when I was a
3: kid, I, uh, I lived about probably five blocks from a park and I kind of lived at the park all the time. I played hockey, baseball and football and I have an older brother that I, I hung around with. And that's what got me, you know, good at sports. And when, uh, you know, I don't want to brag myself up, but I was I was pretty good at all the different sports. And
1: you go ahead and brag yourself up. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, you
3: know, I uh, I was really good at baseball and really good at hockey, and I got uh, recruited by Herb Brook uh, for okay. the Minnesota Gophers, and I ended up turning him down, and I signed for football at the University of Northern Iowa, and yeah so so my whole life was sports and and my mom just uh, was incredible mm-hmm. he backed me on everything I did I was twelve rotten you know had the best <laughs> best hockey skates best sticks best uh baseball gloves best everything
0: yeah. and
3: uh, and we had our family didn't have any money we were pretty poor, but he he spent the money on me for sports, so that was pretty neat, yeah.
1: Sounds like a great
3: lady. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, she just passed away a couple of weeks ago. In fact, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Nin- 92 years old and lived an incredible life. Yeah. Oh so, wow. Yeah, to missed. Wow,
1: that's amazing. Now I did a little research and um, I noticed you uh, in your when you were in high school, you had uh, pretty good some pretty good classmates with you there. Um, oh, Yeah. Rick Rude, Kurt Henning. Um, did you ever have any interaction with him in school, or did you just? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. all yeah. the time.
3: Uh, in fact, Rick Rude lived uh, about three, four blocks from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I knew him from when I was, you know, first, second grade even. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. And,
3: uh, you know, Kurt, I really got to meet him when I was in junior high. And uh, some of there in fact, one of Kurt's best friends, Brian D. Clerk, I played hockey with him. That's how I got to really know Kurt. Okay. And then Kurt's sister, Sandy, she was a year older than I was, so I mm-hmm. I knew her pretty well in school too. Oh, very interesting. And then uh, yeah. and Scott, then Scott Simpson, who was Nikita Koloff.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I grew up playing baseball and football with him, and he just lived probably five six blocks from me. And then he's Tom, a really... Go ahead. I'm sorry. And then Tom Zink he
1: uh he uh, i was on we were on the same baseball teams growing up too so yeah we all oh. went' to together that's that's pretty amazing you know i i did a podcast almost probably about a year ago with uh with nikita yeah. nice guy really nice guy uh really interesting person to talk to and uh speaking of that uh getting into professional wrestling what what was it for you that that got you uh, interested and in, in actually getting uh, getting into it? Well, uh,
3: Rick Rude and the Road Warriors, both the Road Warriors, we all worked at the same bar uh, in Northeast Minneapolis called Grandma Bee's, okay. and every night it was fighting our way out of that bar, you know, <laughs> throwing people out doing everything and and one night we're we're all having a couple beers after work and eddie sharkey who was a bartender there Mm -hmm. he says i got to get you guys into wrestling you guys want to get in and then we just said you know it sounds like a sounds like a good thing to do let's do it so he got us in a wrestling camp that he had Mm -hmm. and uh, that's how we all got in
1: that's interesting what was the camp like for you was it was it pretty pretty rugged
3: um, well, it was rugged because we didn't know what we were doing, mm-hmm. and Eddie Sharp never smartened us up or anything on it.
1: <laughs> so it was pretty. It was pretty brutal. Yeah, I, I heard he, uh, him, his camp, and uh Varangani's camp, where I've heard are probably one of the two of the most toughest ones.
3: But yeah, and Brad Ringens had a really great camp too, mm-hmm. and his his wasn't
1: easy at all either. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what's Okay, so uh, after you got trained, um, did you, you went to the Mid-South, I believe, right? Or, or where did you go after well, you got trained up? After I got trained, I went to Hawaii. Okay, Hawaii. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: And I wrestled for Mrs. Maivia there. Okay. And then from there, uh, he sent me to New Zealand for Steve Ricard. And so I went back and forth to New Zealand, Tonga, Samoa, Hawaii, went quite a few trips there. Wow. And then uh, and then from there, I went to Florida. Dusty Rhodes was the booker there. Okay. And I was there for about three, four months and just trained and got to know a lot of the guys and everything in that territory. And at that time, that territory was, Unbelievable! It was, um, you know, top guys. They were selling out all over the place. It was it was big time wrestling then. Yeah. And Dusty came to me one day and he says, Barry, he says, uh, I'm going to send you to Atlanta. So um, I, I drove up to Atlanta. And then I worked for uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling there, and Foley um, Anderson was the booker at that time, and I. I've already known Oli from. He used to come down to the wrestling camp,
1: Okay. and at that
3: time the Road Warriors were there at that time also. So it was pretty pretty neat to hook up with my friends. Yeah. So then, I, then I spent some time from there, and then Oli told me he says I'm going to get you down to the mid south with Bill Watts, and you're going to really learn how to really learn how to uh, wrestle. Okay. So. Then I drove down to Mid South Wrestling and I spent uh, quite a long time down there.
1: Yeah.
3: And yeah. worked for Bill Watts and I uh, lived with Ernie Ladd down there. Oh, And wow. Grizzly, Grizzly Smith helped me out a lot. Yeah. And I, I was down there for a couple of years and I really learned how to wrestle and do interviews and all that stuff. So, yeah. It was pretty
1: neat. Yeah. Cool. And then I understand. Uh, you got called up to go to the Carolinas, and they wanted you to be a Russian. What was that uh, well, like for you if you wanted to be a, or becoming a Russian? Well, when
3: I was down in Mid-South, um, I wasn't, uh, I was a baby face, but, you know, Jim Duggan was down there, the Junkyard Dog, Kerry Taylor, Magnum TA. So mm-hmm. being a baby face down there wasn't a good situation, so Bill Watts, He teamed me up with Nikolai Volkov, and I became Crusher Khrushchev down there.
1: Okay, okay.
3: So so then, after I was there for a couple of years, I left there and went to Florida Championship Wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I was still Crusher Khrushchev, and then I teamed up with Jim Nanville Neidhart and uh, David Sierra. He was the Cuban assassin. Oh, okay. And and we had a great run down there. I really liked that territory. Worked for Eddie Graham then.
1: Yeah.
3: And then... uh, then that's Flair used to come in all the time, back and forth, and mm-hmm. we'd ride together. And I and I knew Rick from the uh, early days when I first got in the business. Okay. And uh, he called me up one day and he says Barry, you got to come up to the Carolinas. I told him I said Rick, I don't want to leave Florida. This is the the best territory. I was home every night. Yeah. And Rick said, uh, No, we really need you up here, and we want you to team up with uh, Ivan Kolov, and Nikita Koloff was really green at the time and needed some help. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, "Rick, I, I just, I, I got a really good guarantee, you know, money wise, and I was very happy and. Yeah. So I said, you know, I, I'm not saying no, but I, I just can't afford to go up there. I'm doing too well. Yeah. So I said, okay. He says, I'm going to have Dusty call you. <laughs> and I said, Rick, you don't have to have Dusty call me. I'm, I'm not coming up right now. Yeah. Well, about a week later, all of a sudden, the phone rings, and it's Dusty, you know. And Dusty says, very, baby. <laughs> he says, uh, I did you the favor of getting you in Atlanta, you know. And he says, no, I need a favor in North Carolina. And I said, uh, Dusty, and, uh, what kind of guarantee can I give you? He says, I guarantee you're going to have a great time, and you're going to make more money than you ever did.
1: Yeah. And I
3: said, well, when's that? He says, <laughs> When the territory pops, and he says, you're going to be one of the guys that's going to help pop the territory. Yeah. So we talked for quite a while, and finally I said, all right, Dusty, I'm going to put my notice in here, and I'll be up there, you know, how's a month? Mm -hmm. He said, perfect. So then I packed my bags again and went to North Carolina, and Nikita had an apartment waiting for me, and we we started... uh, started with uh you know the buildings half half full or whatever and after about two three months it was sold out everywhere. Yeah. And I made really good money. So yeah.
1: I that so I was crushed the cruise ship with Ivan Koloff and in yeah. Nikita. I remember um I you know I'm from Wisconsin but we used to get uh back in the mid eighties when cable was coming in, we got TDS. Yep. And so I would Saturday night, I would uh, be watching. And I'd see you three on there, and oh, you guys played it to the T. I'll tell you what. I know today it's a lot different, but then you guys made it so believable, so yeah. so real. And I just always wanted to go through the television and ring your guys next. I mean, I mean, I was a teenager at the time, but you did your job so well, and I just. I, you know, that to me is, uh, was the golden years for me, anyways, was those in the 80s, 70s, 80s, early 90s. Guys like you, uh, and you know, what, what that feud you had with Sam Houston, was that, did you enjoy that? I mean, you guys had a lot of good matches.
3: Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. Sam Houston was a really good worker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, it, it seems like every place, every territory I went, I learned so much from all different people, and I did learn a lot from Sam. And he was young, you know, but he he grew up in the business. And yeah, the more time you spend with people in the ring,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, you just keep learning and learning. And uh, yeah. that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. So yeah, I really liked working with Sam, and he was real easy. Yeah, and you know, it was tough to get hurt unless you hurt yourself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh you know we talk about chemistry a little bit uh who's the person or persons either as a singles or an opponent or tag team that you think you had the most chemistry with it just it just flowed um throughout my whole career yeah whoever it was
3: mm-hmm. uh my opponent yeah. um, gosh i You know, it's so hard to say that, you know. Yeah. When I was in Mid-South working with Jim Duggan, you know, we just, we really clicked. Yeah. And and the Junkyard Dog and Terry Taylor, I'll tell you, Terry Taylor, I guess he taught me more than anything, and he was one of the guys I learned how to work. Yeah. And he uh, might have been Terry Taylor back at the day. But, you know, I don't know. The Rock and Roll Express, when we were tagged, (laughs) was.
1: And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com Yeah
3: that's a tough one, you know
1: yeah, yeah, I know I, I just figured sometimes guys can tell you, hey, I had the best matches with you know so and so and and we just flowed, and uh, you know I, you mentioned Terry Taylor, I don't think Terry Taylor gets enough credit for what he's when he's done, in the he doesn't.
3: and he was he was instrumental on helping me. Yeah. In this business, way, way back.
1: And, and honestly, I don't think you got, you get enough credit for what you've done. I mean, you've done so much, uh, to me anyways. And I know a lot of fans, once they listen to this, uh, will agree that, you know, you brought out a lot of different things and different people in matches. And, and uh, it does not go unappreciated. I really appreciate it. Um, well, I know you. I fans out there... And, uh, you know, I just want to let you know that. So, so well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad I'm on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't just calling you to harass you. I wanted you on the show because I really liked you.
2: <laughs> uh, so,
1: your best, uh, your feuds. You know, you had some feuds with, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes. Who, uh... What was one of your, at least one of your favorite feuds that you had with uh, either an opponent or, or an a, a opposite tag
3: team? Um, one of the best feuds was the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, when when Ivan and I were together, and then when uh, when Axe and Smash were together, mm. um, that, that was really tough to pick a team because you know the Brain Busters, you know the the Heart Foundation you know the you know the bulldog i there were so many tag teams that it just worked well uh, yeah but you know, yeah like, the Road days uh, you know
1: yeah i'll tell you uh speaking of uh you know when you were demolition with uh with axe uh bill e is that how you say his name Yep, bill e okay. Yep. okay i just want to make sure i said it right uh i thought you guys were phenomenal even as uh you know, baby faces. I liked you better as as heels, but even baby faces when even uh you guys clicked so well. Right. And just seemed like you were just naturally always a tag team together. Uh what was it like working with him?
3: Oh he was the best. You know, yeah. I I was a big fan of Bill's um you know, when he was the mass superstar. Yes. So so I kinda knew everything that he was going to do just from you know i knew how he worked yeah so i think that might have been why we were such a good team together yeah is because of that you know okay
1: yeah
3: but uh yeah he was uh he was definitely uh a, a great partner to have to to learn and finish off my career with you know
1: yeah yeah, you guys were phenomenal. Uh, when you first came on the scene, with uh, when you had Mr. Fuji as your manager, um, yeah, I didn't like you guys then either. <laughs> but you did your job well again. <laughs> God, that's what I like to be in the heel, you know? Yeah. It, 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 do you like being the heel? Did you like being the heel more than a baby face? I loved being the heel. Yeah. I actually,
3: I really loved being the heel.
1: Yeah. Because you get to kind of do some different things and get some heat. Uh, Did you ever get uh, heat in uh, real life with anybody? I mean, did you have any problems with anybody as far as uh, working with anybody or anything like that?
3: No, I never,
1: never, ever had any problems. I I got
3: along pretty good with uh, everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I never, never had any problems.
1: That's good, that's good to hear, so uh other feuds. what was probably the worst feud you had or didn't didn't it didn't click or it didn't go well, you don't think well, when, I was,
3: when when bill and i uh and smashed when we wrestled the road warriors mm-hmm. in uh, uh up with vince yeah. that was I didn't like that at all because that was one of those ones that um you know we had good matches but they weren't great matches yeah and and it didn't it and it shouldn't have been like that because they were a great team and yeah. we were a great team but the way they put us all together mhm it just it it just wasn't wasn't right you know yeah.
1: yeah so that that made it kind of tough it was like pulling teeth yeah you know yeah, I think it was it was hyped up. I remember that, and it was uh, hyped up or promoted, you know, and, and yeah, it just to me. And I don't mean to be disrespectful here. I, I just didn't think it for what how it was marketed and promoted. It didn't turn out the way it, it was. I expected it.
3: No, not at all. And and that's that's how I felt. And yeah, and as, as a guy, you know that you know, every match meant so much to me. Right. That was disappointing.
2: And, you know, I, I've
3: talked to Animal, you know, before he passed away, we talked about it a yeah. lot, and yeah. he was really disappointed, too. And, you know, the two teams, one thing about Axe and Smash, we could wrestle anybody. Yeah, And they could be smaller guys, bigger guys, you know, and, and we always had really good matches. But yeah. for some reason, with the Road Warriors, it, it just didn't Correct. right mm-hmm. and it wasn't that it was their fault or our fault it's mm-hmm. just sometimes uh it's not put together correctly and then yeah it's hard, it's hard to work around and yeah that's really what it was what it was like it was, it was hard to work um yeah. i don't know if you know it but uh bill and i have been together now 35 years
1: wow that's amazing
3: it's our thirty fifth anniversary on January twenty sixth. Oh wow. So, yeah. So I, I was just with him in Houston, we did an autograph deal down there and uh
1: Yeah.
3: It, we were we were talking and it's like how in the world could we be together thirty five years? It doesn't seem like it's been thirty five years. Yeah. You know?
1: Time flies when you're having fun, right? I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's great. I mean, uh, I've had I've heard a lot of good things about about Bill, and, and I know he had some health issues, uh, you know, last year. And I'm yeah. glad he's doing a lot better now. Um,
3: yeah, he uh, he almost died from uh, the COVID shot.
1: Yeah, that I read that. That's terrible. Yeah, but he's doing really well now. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. That's wonderful. Let's talk about. Uh, so you held you've held a lot of titles. You know, well, you have I- held. What do you think was your, in your mind, the most accomplishment as far as getting a title for you? What was the like? Yes, I. When, you know. when, when we re, when we won the
3: tag titles from Andre the Giant and Haku, in, that was probably the most meaningful one, and okay. and because it was Andre and Haku, you know. Yeah. Um, both of those guys were friends of ours Mm -hmm. and we, we were with them all the time for years, you know, but, Mm -hmm. and we never thought we'd be wrestling them. And, you know, Andre was, you know, I mean, that's one of the greatest things in your life is to be able to say, Hey, I wrestled Andre the giant. And then, and then we wrestled them and beat them. And, and then, uh, we had a match with Andre the giant and giant Baba in Japan, and that was a huge, huge match, so that's kind of the highlight, I guess, of my whole career. Yeah, that's that's
1: a pretty good highlight to me.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and, and you know, it's hard to, it's hard to not say, you know, 15 years before that when I won the TV title, you know, against, you know, whoever or. Mm-hmm. You know, when Ivan and I and Nikita were the six-man tag team champions, I mean, all yeah. that was
1: very important, but yeah, you know, it's hard to, you know, but
3: I guess because it's Andre the Giant and yeah. Haku, Yeah. you know.
1: Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot of things about Haku. I heard he's a heck of a nice guy, but don't get him upset.
3: Haku is one of the greatest guys uh, in the business. That's how good of a guy he is. Yeah, and yeah it, you'd have to be kind of foolish to –
1: yeah, to try to to, Yeah, I've talked to know. some other guys like Jim Brunzel and and, uh, and a few others, and they said he's the nicest guy in the world. He'll give you the shirt off his back. He'll take care of you. Just don't cross yeah. him. Yeah. And you um, have no reason to cross him, you know. I mean, right.
3: he's that good of a guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. So, okay, uh, a little bit more. Uh, you had some characters after Demolition. You know? Yeah. And did you enjoy doing those, or because, you know, you were a repo man, you were um, when you went to WCW, you were some different characters every week. Did you enjoy that, or is that just something that they kind of said, oh, you got to do this?
3: Um, I I loved the, being the repo man. That yeah. was a great, a great uh, thing, and um, one of the reasons why I did it was I was going to turn baby face, and I was going to do a lot of stuff for Make-A-Wish. That's kind of what I oh. wanted to do.
1: okay. And, and
3: I thought it was a great character that if I was a real bad guy, a real terrible person,
1: mm-hmm.
3: that once you turn good guy, then you're really a good guy. And that was kind of my thought in the head.
1: Okay. In my
3: head. And uh, uh, later on, I went to Vince and said, Vince, when am I going to change baby face? hmm and I said, I'm, I'm starting to have a hard time working as a heel because I'm starting to get some tears here and there. They're, people are kind of liking the gimmick, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he says, Barry, you will never be a baby face here. And I said, well, that's not what we agreed.
1: Yeah. And he says, I'm
3: sorry. He says, you're going to be a heel. And so a couple of months later, I said to Vince, I said, well, Vince, I said, I'm going to put my notice in.
1: Yeah. And he gave
3: me, he gave me a look like. You're putting your notice in, and I said, "Yeah, I said that's not uh what I agreed on. This is yeah you no,
1: know,
3: I want people to boo me or cheer me, I want them to hate me or love me. I don't want any in between stuff,
1: yeah, and and I
3: was kind of an in between guy at the last mm-hmm. you know four or five months,
1: yeah,
3: and so I put my notice in, and I left, huh. not too many people say that, huh?
1: not too many, no, not too many. <laughs> So, that's so pretty, then I went home and I uh,
3: I thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to stay out of this business for a while,
1: mm-hmm. and sold
3: cars at a car lot, and uh, then uh, so John Nord and myself uh, we're working at the car lot together, and John says, "Hey Barry, let's call Vince." <laughs> so we're we're in our office one day, and John calls Vince and. Vince gets on the phone and he', says, What are you guys doing? You know, Vince is to me, Vince was a great guy. You yeah, know, I, I I always got along with Vince. He was mm-hmm. he was honest until he didn't make me a baby face, but you know, business is business and right. I, that that wasn't what was in line for him. Yeah. So anyways we're talking and we said, Hey Vince, uh John and I want to team up together and we wanna come up to to work with you And mm-hmm. Vince just started laughing, he goes, Yeah, that's not gonna happen He says but <laughs> Because but I tell you what I really appreciate you guys calling. We we talked for probably a half hour, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and for him to take the call and do all that, yeah, I mean, it was a great great deal. Yeah. So anyways, we hung up, and then I said, uh, "Hey, let me make a call. I'm gonna let's call up Eric Bischoff. You know, he was the boss in WCW yeah. down there. Yep. Yeah. And John, well, I don't know Eric. Bischoff. I said, well, I, I've known him and known him through people. Let's let's get a meeting up there. So anyways, it ended up being where we were wrestling at the Target Center. And I called Eric. I said, hey, can uh, John Nord and I team up against a couple of guys on TV and just see what what you think, you know? Mm -hmm. So we were at the Target Center in Minneapolis, and WCW comes there, and John and I tagged up, and we tore it up, you know? And then, uh, then after the show, you know, Eric says, well, I'll give you a call. So anyways, Eric. Eric calls me up, and he says, yeah, Barry, you and John aren't going to be a tag team. He says, it's just we don't need tag teams, but I'd like to meet with you. Can you uh, come up to Atlanta to the office? I'd like to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. Okay. So I I ended up going to Atlanta, and I was in his office, and I said, so, Eric, uh, can you hire me? And he says, yeah, I can hire you. And he he looked at me and he says, well, what do you think you should get paid? (laughs) And I said, well, Eric, I said, I think I'm worth about a million dollars. And he looks at me and he goes, what? A million dollars? (laughs) How can I justify a million dollars? And I said, well, I said, uh, I can beat everybody in the territory in about 30 seconds. And I says, and then I'll be the new WCW champion. And I said, then I'll be worth a million dollars. And he looked at me and he says, you know, that's a really, really good answer. (laughs) And he says, I can't offer you that, but how about $150,000 and you don't have to hardly even work? And I said, you know what? I'll take that job. <laughs> yeah. So I, I took that job, and uh, yeah. then John had, ended up getting a job there too, and we had a great time. Yeah. And then. John, uh, go, go ahead, Barry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Barry. Well, and then, so when I was in there, uh, Blair was the booker at the time. Mm hmm. And I sat with Rick, and Rick says, Barry, he says, you got to come up with some kind of a gimmick for you. And I says, well, what do you want? He says, well, I want, you know, maybe a truck driver or something like that. <laughs> and I says, well, what the hell am I going to do being a truck driver, you know? And he says, well, just think of some stuff. So, you know, Arnie Anderson, me and him were together all the time, best friends, you know, mm-hmm. talked all the time, and, and Bobby Eaton. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, you guys, I said, we need to go to Bobby's Garage. And I said, let's have a few beers, and you got to come up with a name for me. So we were sitting on the couch, you know, down south to have couches in the garage, and it's yeah. beautiful at night, and they got the refrigerator in the garage, and we probably had a case of beer down. <laughs> and uh, I, I told Arne, I said, Arn, you got to come up with a name for me. I'm, I'm going to be a truck driver, and I'm just going to be a mean son of a gun. Think up a mm-hmm. good name for me and what i got to do.
0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, member FDIC.
3: So after about, you know, 10 beers, <laughs> Arndt's glasses come down lower on his nose, and he looks at me and he goes, you're the blacktop bully.
2: And I just uh. went, ah. Uh.
3: That's the greatest name ever. (laughs) So I I called up Rick the next day and I said, Rick, you're talking to the blacktop bully and I'm mean and nasty and all that stuff. And he loved it. So then he said, well, I'm going to team you up with Colonel Parker and we're going to do some stuff where you're just sitting outside the ring and you're a, you're a fan and you're going to start getting on everybody's case, you know? And that's, that's when I, you know, kind of had a feud with uh, Ricky Steamboat and, and Dustin, and then I got thrown in jail one night, and uh, <laughs> it was great. I loved it. That that was one of my favorite gimmicks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Blacktop Boy. That's interesting. Uh, John Nord. I I, uh, I forgot you had been to school with him as well. Uh, what was it like uh, teaming up with him and uh wrestling? Was it John Nord
3: is one of the funniest guys you've ever. Matt, yeah he would do anything for you if you were in trouble and you say hey john you got to help me out john would do everything he could to help you out yeah. that's the kind of guy he was um wild man uh yeah. you know he was it just uh how do you explain john nord you know i i, I love the guy yeah. um did he name the berserker yeah, he was the berserker. <laughs> I don't know how they came up with that name, but you know, when I was up in the WWF at that time,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Bill and I and Fuji traveled everywhere together. So I didn't see a lot of my friends. Yeah. On the road there, we'd I'd see him in the buildings. So you know, we kind of stayed away from everybody so we, you know, didn't get in trouble. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would have been terrible if. You know, Wayne Bloom and Kurt Hennig and Nord and myself and all those guys got together because we were (laughs) in trouble all the time at home before we got into wrestling. You know, I couldn't imagine when we were on the road making money and away from our wives and everything, what
1: would have happened. Yeah.
3: But, uh, yeah, John's a great guy. Great guy.
1: So, uh, speaking of Mr. Fuji, uh, working with him, was, uh, you know, was that, what was that like for you?
3: Well, Uge was actually, you know, a, a real manager for us. Mm-hmm. Um, when when he was outside, you know, shaking the cane at us and doing all that, he was actually critiquing our matches. So okay. when the night was done, we'd, you know, drive 250 miles, 300 miles to the next town. Mm-hmm. He'd be telling us what looked good, what didn't look good. Mm-hmm. and. You know Fuji was a, a good wrestler in his days, so yeah. yeah he knew everything about the business and and we really did listen to what he said, yeah. so yeah, he was a great guy to have in our corner, and yeah. I think he's kind of what made us the bad guys more you know
2: more of it
1: more yeah. validation, yeah exactly, yeah. Big card events. You've been in a lot of them. You were in Starrcade, the Great American Bash, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. Those big card events for you, what was probably one of your favorite ones, I guess, that you were involved in of those pay-per-views?
3: Well, you know, the the Royal Rumble, and and fans bring it up to us all the time Mm -hmm. when uh, when Axe and Smash were the first two out that one day, and we had to fight each other. Yeah. That was one of my favorite ones because, you know, we didn't know that we were going to be one and two coming out. Oh, okay. Bill knew he was number one, but I didn't know that until right before I went out there. And when we went out there, we just kind of looked at each other, and we started laughing. and Then we just started hitting each other. But the – what was really neat about that was the third guy out was Andre the Giant. Ah. And, and then we started fighting Andre. So it was I, – I thought, you know, uh, Vince and, you know, Pat Patterson was the booker, I believe, at that time. And
1: mm-hmm.
3: I think they came up with – that was one of the best ideas that they've ever came up yeah. with. It, yeah. it really it really worked. The people yeah. went nuts.
1: Pat Patterson, uh, I have been uh, – told that he was probably one of the smartest guys in the business yeah and yeah. i i, I love pat he was a great great guy i got yeah. along
3: with him really well and yeah. uh yeah i used to play golf with his partner Louie and uh, oh
1: yeah okay
3: for all the time and those two were fantastic together too you know
1: yeah yeah i've heard a lot of good uh things about pat patterson and and uh what a great uh, mind he had for the business and, and, and a good I, person.
3: Yeah, I believe he's the one that invented the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's what I've heard too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you never worked in the AWA. Never did. What? Well, was there a reason for that? I mean, you're from Minnesota. A lot of those guys, whether your classmates. Uh, went through there at one point or another, was there any particular reason why you never worked up there?
3: Well, I just had jobs everywhere else. I never really had an opportunity to come back here, you okay. know. And, I, and I've and i talked to Vern and Greg, and, you know, I, I worked for them through other companies. Yeah. You know, like uh, I was wrestling for Crockett, at the time, mm-hmm. we went up and wrestled Baron the Crusher and the Bruiser in Comiskey Park. Right. Yep. And uh, and that was, you know, it was like a double promotion deal where, yeah, you know, we came we came in from Charlotte and wrestled those guys, and yeah. we did that in Baltimore and, and some different towns. We did that for so I was never working for Vern at the time, right? But worked with him, you yeah. know, and yeah, and, and and we we talked, but. Like I say, I was—I always had jobs everywhere else. I didn't really need to come up here, and, and at yeah. that time, I wasn't living, living here.
1: Okay. You know, I was living
3: down south, so yeah, it worked out better by not being here.
1: Yeah. Plus, I'm sure you didn't miss the winters. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> at that it, time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and speaking of the winters, you know, now I have a really hard time with this cold. It's—it's yeah. killing.
1: Yeah.
3: It's. Uh, You know, back in the day, you know, I used to snowmobile and, you know, played hockey and skated and ice fished and did everything. But now I just go outside and I freeze to death.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. I'm from Wisconsin. I remember those days. Where do you live now? I live in Missouri. Which which actually tonight, uh, while this drops, it'll be long gone. But we're supposed to get 6 to 12 inches tonight. Uh, I'm in southern Missouri.
3: Um, yourself of Kansas City?
1: Yeah, I used to live in Kansas City. I just moved down uh by Ball or Springfield about a year ago.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: I drove right through there not too long ago.
3: Uh yeah. my wife and I went down and uh we went to see the Pioneer Woman.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: You, you ever heard of the Pioneer uh, Woman?
1: I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's, that's one of my wife's favorites, you know, on the cooking okay. shows and Yeah. And
1: okay. they're
3: down in Oklahoma down there. Okay. And, yeah, we had a great time, and I told her, I said, well, if we're going to go see the Pioneer Woman,
1: yeah. we're
3: going to go down and see the Duck Dynasty then.
1: There you go. <laughs> so
3: we after we went to see the Pioneer Woman, we went down to the Duck Dynasty and visited their place down there.
1: That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, okay, so. so let's talk a little bit about, you know, you were in different promotions, uh, but you were the big ones were the WWF and, and the NWA, so... Out of those two, where did you like working the most, and I guess why?
3: Well, both of them had their their good good things and bad things, you know. Right. Um, They were both everywhere I worked. I really loved where I was at, and I I loved being in the ring wrestling. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: The bad. Maybe it'd be better to tell you the bad things about it.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
3: <laughs> well, when in the Charlotte Territory, um, the traveling was unbelievable how much travel you did. Yeah. You, you know, one day you're in Atlanta, and the next day you're in Richmond, Virginia, and then in, at night you're down in, you know, Charlotte. I mean, it was every day you're on the road, yeah. and long trips, and... You know, when you're young, it was great, but as you got older, it, uh, it kind of got to you, you know, especially when you had a family. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, the, the WWF, you were in a plane every single day, mm-hmm. no sleep. I always tell my wife, I said, you know, I haven't slept since uh, 1980 <laughs> when I got in the business, you know. And, and that's kind of the truth. Yeah. I, and I still can't sleep. Yeah. But they're all, every place was just great to, to work with and, you know, to work with the different people. And, and I made so many friends. Yeah. And today I would think I could call any one of them and say, Hey, I'm coming into town. you want to come to lunch? And they'd be right there. You know,
1: that's good. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, when I talked to uh, Greg and Jim, they spoke very highly of you and, uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to wanted to get this with you, and I'm so glad we were able to today. i got a couple yeah. more questions, and then I'm going to let you go. So my next yeah. question is, uh, pro wrestling, from when you started to the time that you retired, was there any significant changes in the business? Oh, un- unbelievable changes.
3: But when we talked about when Rick Rue and the Road Warriors and myself – when we broke in the business, Eddie Sharkey never really told us it was fake, you know, yeah, um, we thought that it was real, uh. but yet you let guys do things for you. That's kind of what the thought process was, mm-hmm. you know. And we used to beat each other up. I mean, we after camp, you know, we'd go to work at the bar, and it was like, holy shit, I hope we don't get in a fight tonight because we're going to get killed tonight. You know, we're,
1: you know,
3: I mean, it it was tough. And then, and then, uh, you know, being in Mid-South Wrestling down there,
1: mm-hmm. when I was
3: crushed the cruise shift, you know, people slit your car tires and yeah. broke the windshields. And, you know, I almost got killed a few times, you know, somebody threw a cup full of batteries and hit me in the face and oh my gosh oh i've had everything and then you know in the charlotte territory people pulling guns on you and knives and you know then all of a sudden it became the entertainment business Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: now being a bad guy wasn't really a bad guy it was almost like you were a good guy as a bad guy yeah so the people didn't want to kill you anymore but Mm -hmm. they knew that they had to boo you because you're the bad guy. Yeah. So it was just a huge turnaround. And, you know, for for years, we never got to talk to our opponents. We did everything in the ring, you know. Yeah. The baby face would come out of one dressing room and the heels out of another dressing room, and and you'd send messages back and forth with the referee.
2: You know, that's Mm kind of how
3: you you talk. Yeah. And then then once I got up with Vince in the – W W F all of a sudden everybody's in the same dressing room and both of you walk through a curtain down to the ring and it's like, wow, this is different and you felt really, really weird
1: Yeah.
3: Exposing the business, you know. Yeah. So that that was kind of the, the big change that, that I seen. It went from real to entertainment.
2: Yeah.
3: Do you think and that was good to... or bad? Um well, it it had to be good because the people were still watching it, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean. I yeah, suppose but, your safety is a lot better now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. So do you even watch, do you watch wrestling anymore? Do you watch any WWE or AEW or anything like that? Or you
3: No, know, I, I have to say I don't. But. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll see a match. I watched AJ Styles the other day.
1: Mm-hmm. Un-
3: unbelievable worker he is. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites for a long time was Santino. You okay, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I loved watching him because he was a character. <laughs> you know? He was, yeah. Um, and, you know, Joe Hennig, I, I really liked Joe Hennig. Yeah. yeah. And they shouldn't do him justice. No, they did and not. And now Wayne Bloom's son, um, his name is uh the heck is his name. His, uh Von Wagner. Okay. He's he's in MXT and he's coming up. He's got a great look and I think he's gonna be really good. Good. All right. He, he's about six five, about two hundred and sixty pounds, and just looks great. Wow. So he's gonna be one to watch.
1: All right. One more question for you. All right. What what are you up to now? What do you what are you what are you got any projects coming or? Well, um, you know, like I've been wanting to do this
3: show with you forever and I'm just yeah. like nonstop all the time. But yeah. I you know, I started a company, I don't know if you knew that, uh sixteen mm-hmm. years ago. Okay. And so for fourteen years I I worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day. I really pushed it hard. Yeah. And I sold the company two years ago.
1: Okay. And uh,
3: I, I retired, but my wife was still working. But I, I was going on the road every weekend doing autographs and doing all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, going back and forth to Michigan to see my my son with my grandkids. Yeah. And it was just – it's just – I, I don't even know how I did anything at home because I work so much, but I, I have no time now when I'm retired. Yeah. I, it actually seems like I have less time. And then I, I tried to start playing golf last summer, and uh, I didn't have much time for that. And, yeah. you know, I, I just say I'm busy. And, yeah. you know, we uh, we just started a new fan club, the Demolition Fan Club,
2: oh, okay. which, uh, which we're really
3: excited about. 80swrestlingcon.com 80s is uh, okay. the guy who started it is a good friend of ours. And uh, it's turned out really well. So,
2: um,
3: you know, if it's like 100 bucks or whatever, you get four or five signed pictures, and, you know, you get to talk to us and all this stuff. So, anyways, but you'll have to check that out. So that's kind yeah. of what I'm doing right
1: now. And, you know, like I said, I'm traveling a, a lot. No. okay well that's that's very interesting i'm gonna I'm gonna check that out and I'll put it on the on the description down there for your sure. your fan club and uh ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barry darso say, thank you so much, sir, for coming on here tonight. I really appreciate it hey and thank you, and I'm so glad I got to do your show oh, I am too. I finally got got together and folks he is a busy man. I've been trying to get him on this show since probably i think October. Uh, and he is he is busy. He's not just saying that. He is actually really busy. So, Mr. Darsow, sir, thank you so much for coming on. All right, and you take care of yourself, ready? Right? You do the same, and folks, thanks for watching, or, or I'm sorry, listening, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Hey, this is a total package, Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out.
0: Hey guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made. With a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the Amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. that Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com.
2: The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is... The VOC Nation Radio Network.
0: Check out In the Room
1: every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in.
0: Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Strow Maestro, Cassie Fist, Matt Grimm.
1: And you and later there too. Right, Way? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex like Luger, AJ Styles,
0: Taku. more. It's a heck of a party. Plus,
2: I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then, yeah, uh, nothing to get pregnant either. Sometimes I think
0: it gets so ridiculous.
1: We were getting into like snuff film territory there.
0: In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation.
2: Yo, this is Jerry Styles of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs. Yeah, sure you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby.
1: VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts Ricky Steamboat, Bing, Nick Foley, Joey Stiles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VLC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast
2: app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at Nation. Phil Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, okay, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, Triswell, your height and weight. Six one, two fifty five. And now, subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Afters archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your
0: relationship to Ole Anderson.
2: Ole is my. Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World
0: Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh,
2: he's sort of glowing tonight about a
0: new prospect we haven't heard of yet.
2: And for just $9 a month... Apter's archives are all yours.
0: Dad, would you tell us of this new press? Well, like
2: I will tell you, Bill, I've searched the world and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion.
1: I finally found...
0: Well, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino?
1: Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to
2: say, but I, I don't want to say one thing. Bruno was a lovely champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time.
0: This is After, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno you know, San Martino. Bruno, you know, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the
1: Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Have to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is, is that
3: the rules, as I always understood them, was that the, the title could only be lost by tenure or submission, which is the same rules as the, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation.
2: That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history.
0: Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.